0: And caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. In last week's episode, I started talking about hoarding disorder. So this week, I am going to wrap up the topic by sharing what are some of the causes of hoarding and the personality traits associated with this disorder and how it can be treated. So before I get started, let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish... To put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, hold it for five seconds, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let And so it is. So take another deep breath in, hold it, and exhale out loud. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. What are some of the causes of hoarding? Doctors point to a number of potential causes for hoarding, and they include difficulty processing information, beliefs about possessions, and the emotional distress associated with discarding the items they hoarded and their possessions. And remember last week I also mentioned that their brain worked differently. So to the compulsive hoarder, each and every item is of value, often an exaggerated value, of course. They believe with almost religious intense feeling that the old newspaper or a tin of long-expired sardines expired carton of milk is very valuable and must be hung onto. Even a pile of scribbled notes or rusted paper clips might come in handy. And these are an integral part of the hoarder's personality. They have become extensions of the hoarder and of course cannot be discarded. Because if they do, they would feel as if they are getting rid of a part of themselves. So it will cause extreme anxiety. Most compulsive hoarders are also embarrassed by the stigma of their disorder, refusing to allow others to view their accumulated clutter. They often lack the ability to or have difficulty with socializing and eventually compulsive hoarding may lead to isolation from family, friends, and society. When it comes to the personality traits associated with hoarding, while compulsive hoarders may have negative personality traits That include avoidance, anxiety, indecisiveness, perfectionism, and poor socializing skills. Well, I mentioned a couple of times that the activity levels in the brains of compulsive hoarders are different from that of non-hoarders. So how are they different? Specifically, these activity levels include those involved with attention, decision-making, selection, self-control, self-motivation, and visual processing. Okay, so what are some of the symptoms of obsessive-compulsive hoarding? Now, I have to make clear that the symptoms that I'm going to share with you may not display by every obsessive-compulsive hoarder. Having said that, a hoarder who shows several of the symptoms should be cause for concern. So here it goes. Some of the symptoms are excessive attachment to possessions, extreme clutter throughout the home's living spaces, inability to discard items, that means having difficulties in throwing things away, stacking of magazines, old newspapers, and junk, moving items or trash from one pile to another, without ever throwing anything away. Acquisition of useless items, including trash. Organizational difficulty. Perfectionism. Difficulty permitting others to touch or move or arrange accumulated items. Procrastination, trouble making decisions, difficulty managing daily tasks, and limited or poor socializing skills. And their moods can be impacted as well and may lead to depression, avoidance, and isolation. As I have mentioned before, what about treatment for obsessive-compulsive hoarding? Uh, Unfortunately, there is no cure for obsessive-compulsive hoarding, but there are ways to assist the hoarders and help them transition effectively to more healthy behaviors. And to be honest, sometimes during therapy, if the therapist is able to help the hoarder to find out the underlying issue or cause of the hoarding, then it would be easier for the hoarder to control their cluttering behavior. Don't forget, it's not going to be easy because rooted in their personality traits is an ingrained stubbornness to part with items that they have come to see as extensions of themselves. So they are often resistant to change, procrastinate, or agonize over decisions and leave items that may have previously been of value to decay or deteriorate to the point where they are indeed worthless. Sometimes, if they are depressed, then the practitioner may prescribe antidepressant medications for them. However, medication alone cannot get at the underlying behavior. So for this, we practitioners like to use another instrument, and that is CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. It may be more effective because CBT is more than just talk therapy. It goes beyond talk with the therapist, often visiting the hoarder's home and helping them to think more clearly about their possessions and learn to make decisions about them. Once we know we have the trust of the hoarder, our client, then we gradually confront things that they fear in order to feel less afraid and learn healthier ways to cope with stressful situations. And it is also our goal to have them become aware of and subsequently change how they think in critical situations. And if we are to dig deeper, then we will be able to find out what are truly the underlying causes of this behavior. Could it be about safety? Could it be about security? Maybe it's about the fear of lack. So do you have symptoms of hoarding? or you know of someone that is a hoarder, or you used to live with somebody who is a hoarder. So what to do about your loved one's hoarding then? It can be challenging, to say the least. I would suggest that as long as your loved one is competent mentally, capable of making his or her decisions, there isn't much you can do other than recommend counseling. Your loved one has the right to hoard despite the fact that there may be long-term negative consequences as a result. Showing empathy for them is key and respect their right to make their own decisions. Because they can be stubborn, and the more you push them, the more they will push back for sure. Recognize that your loved one may show ambivalence toward making any changes. This is normal. Also recognize that there cannot be any change until the individual is ready to make the change. Having said that, here are some other tips that can be helpful. Number one, do not argue. There is no point in raising your voice, arguing over how self-destructive the hoarding behavior is. Your arguments will likely fall on deaf ears. Likewise, do not engage in any back-and-forth bickering over hoarding. The best recommendation is to get out of the argument. Now, I just hope that you are not a dependent of a hoarder, particularly if you are still living under the same roof. It definitely can impact you negatively. Again, seek professional help. Number two, respect freedom of choice. You need to respect the individual's autonomy, their freedom of choice to do as they will in their own home. A better strategy is to engage the person in a discussion about what they would like to see done in their home what kind of changes they would be willing to or like to make. Ask for their suggestions in how best to proceed. This technique is likely to produce better results than demands or ultimatums to clean up the mess. Number 3. Helping with gentle recognition of inconsistencies. This is a little more difficult to manage. The idea is to help your loved one or friend to recognize the inconsistency of their action with their stated desire to change. If they say they want to clean up the clutter but refuse to do so, this is an obvious inconsistency. However, you cannot reprimand the person for failure to address the situation. That will only cause them to entrench deeper. What you can do is to inquire about long-term goals and values versus today's situation. In other words, ask but don't tell. If your loved one says he or she wants to be a loved and respected grandparent, 5 to 10 years from now, ask whether his or her current habits of accumulating or difficulty in discarding items will be an effective way of achieving that goal. Or is there something else that they can be doing? And the last tip is to strive for gradual change. Obsessive-compulsive hoarding proceeds slowly over time. It may take quite some time for change to occur as well. So first, the individual has to want to change. Well, before that, they have to acknowledge that they have an issue and then that they want to change and professional counselling may be the most effective way to get at that desire. But engaging counselling will be required in order to sustain the motivation to change and get at the roots of the cause for the hoarding. In dealing with obsessive-compulsive hoarder, it is more beneficial To all concerned if you strive for gradual change. If you have been used to arguing, threatening and blaming your loved one for the situation, backing off and changing your attitude toward one of empathy, respect, and helping in whatever way possible may reap unexpected rewards. At first, well, your loved one may be suspicious since this is something new in your relationship. But I assure you, gradually, they may soften their resistance bit by bit. And certainly, discussions will become easier and possibly more productive. Trust is what you are looking for and striking a balance between give and take. So, on that note, I would like to emphasize that hoarders are not all mental incompetence. A hoarder can just as easily be you or me. We may have grown accustomed to stashing things away over the years to the point where Even we cannot stand the mess. The point is not to beat yourself up over your hoarding, but to get help to learn more effective ways of managing your situation. I cannot emphasize enough on the importance of paying attention to your mental health. So this is the last episode on anxiety disorders. And starting next week, I shall talk about a very interesting topic, and that is personality disorders. Why is it interesting? Because we all have our own personality. To make it even more interesting, most likely I will present you with a spiritual perspective first with another guest speaker. So until next week, Stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. you can find this podcast to be honest on apple podcast spotify and my website www.drbarbaraqiao.com d r b a r b a r a k i a o.com